22nd chapter, 34th verse of the 22nd chapter of Matthew. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him. That says a lot. It wasn't that they were wanting to learn something, but they were trying to trick him and entrap him. Master, which is the great, which is the great commandment in the law? Can you imagine the Pharisees asking him who gave the law by Moses about the law and yet thinking that they could overwhelm him and entrap him? Jesus said unto them, and he gives it to them, no animosity, no sin, no wrong attitude, because he never sinned. He just answered them. And he gave them the correct answer. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Luke adds one more characteristic, with all thy strength. That means with all thy mind, with all thy power, with every ounce of energy that you have. This is the first and great commandment. What beautiful words. What a great message. The second is likened to it. They didn't ask, but he gave it to them. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He didn't leave that out. Because that is important, very important, in order to carry out the first. John said, if you don't love your brother whom you have seen, you can't love God whom you have not seen. What a message. What profound words. That's the reason he gave this one. Because this is an index. Whether we love God. And if we can't love our neighbor as ourself, we have a problem. Loving God. Most of, them, most of us won't accept that right away. We don't want to. It's tough. It's hard. It's difficult. Because we're dealing with human nature. We're dealing with a creation of God that is also subject to the inclinations and the compulsions of our flesh. 
But Jesus is her friend. He loves us better and more and deeper and more unreservedly without any question, without any uh, requirements at all. He just loves us. And he's asking us, he's telling us, if we want to be first, and I don't think there's any of us that don't want to be first, we all have within us a winning spirit. We all have within us the magic word, which is our attitude. Attitude of being first, being accepted, being accepted of God. And this is the message that he gave these people who, not necessarily wanting the information that they got, but they got, got it and, and they got it in such a way that we can't fail to acknowledge it if we want the truth. The 40th verse says, On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now can you imagine a summary of all that God has spoken by the law? Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And the prophets, which would include the major, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentation, Ezekiel, and Daniel, and Hosea, on through to Malachi, those twelve. And then if you included the ones where the prophets were, you'd have to include the books of history. And of all the experiences that we've had, that man has had with God, he can summarize it and say, on all of this training and all of this teaching and all of this experience, the greatest underlying factors that uh, would make man acceptable to God would be to love him with all your heart and to love people. It's like you love God. And you know it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. The teaching of Jesus has been taught over and over again, and it always establishes that you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. We can just, if we can just absorb that and just accept that. Now, to, to to get us into thinking, well, what is it? What is it to love God with all my heart, soul, and mind? Well, where is a passage of Scripture that would sort of help us with that? Uh, one of the things that he's taught that would uh, 
They would sort of demonstrate that. And uh, he, he taught by parables and by stories that attracts us. We just, we love those things. We love to be entertained. And one time he gave this, and if you return with me to Luke, the 15th chapter, he, he gave this, this, this parable. And whether you have interpreted it this way or not, it is to help us to understand what it is to love God and God to love us and to love people who are close to us. Now, Jesus teaches in a, in a sort of an indirect way but he's teaching this. And you know the reason he's teaching it? Look at the background. He finds, uh, he finds this chaotic condition in this 16th, 15th chapter of Luke. Then draw near unto him publicans and sinners for to hear him. See, he's, he's confronted with these people that ask him in Matthew 22. The, the next verse is about them. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eateth with them. He receives sinners. But you know, we remember the passage of Scripture in John 3.16, God so loved the world, that's the inhabited earth, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now Jesus, we love him because he first loved us. And that's what he was manifesting, but man didn't understand it. And he saw that they didn't understand it. Because they were appointing an accusing finger at Jesus because he was doing what God does perfectly. He was loving sinners and teaching that we ought to love them. And then he taught this, he spake with a parable, and a parable is a parallel. It's casting alongside. It's not the real thing. Paulo Baleo is a word you cast alongside. It's a parallel line. So it's not exactly what they ask, but it, it parallels it. And that's what this is. He says, What man of you is it among you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? Now what are we talking about? We're talking about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, your strength and loving other people as yourself. And, and we're reaching out and getting Jesus' teaching of showing well, what is it, how is that, how did you put it to where we can understand it? When people are confused and, and they don't think he ought to be having anything to do with that sinner out there, how did he react? Well, he just used a sheep, which, which people depended on as part of their livelihood and he said, well, even if you have a sheep and you lose it, you'll go. And, and when you find it, you know what Jesus is doing? He was telling us how precious we are. 
how much he loves us, whether we read that in there or not. And that's the reason he said, you've got to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself, because that's, that's the basis. That's, the, that's what the whole law and the prophets was for, is to get man to love God and to love man. And when he had found it, he laid it on his shoulder, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he called together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Now, probably they, uh, some people didn't get that. They didn't key in on the sensitivity of how much God cares for us, how much Jesus cares for us. But he tried by taking a sheep that they prize so greatly. Maybe some didn't hear it. But he put the application and he says, Now I want to tell you this. I, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents more than over the ninety and nine just persons which are still there. What's he talking about? He's talking about loving center in the salvation of people, of people who are lost. Now, maybe people didn't get that with that illustration, so he, he, Jesus, he tries again. He says, well, maybe there's a woman. Maybe there's a woman uh, that had ten pieces of silver. Maybe you'll understand it this way. And if she loses one piece, does not light a candle, and she swept, sweeps the house, and she seeks diligently until she finds it. That's important. You know what he's saying? He's saying you're real precious. These sinners that you're accusing me of, they're real precious to me, like a coin that's lost. And they were just as precious. And when you find out somebody loves you, then you will love them. And the main thing is, if we love God and love people, we have, we have fulfilled God's requirement. He says, that's the answer. Now, when she found it, she called her friends and, and, she, and her neighbors together, and she rejoiced with me. She said, I found that which is lost. Now, you think maybe people didn't get that? Maybe they didn't. He didn't leave them there. He hasn't gotten to his real story of talking about loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And your neighbor is yourself, but he's getting to it. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God. He made the application over one sinner that repents. So that's the underlying point. That's the underlying point about the sheep. That's the underlying point about the coin. And just because this isn't said at the end, doesn't mean it didn't say the same thing after you get through talking about the boy. Because the message is there loud and clear. Now he's getting down to human beings and he's talking getting down to loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. So there was a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of good that fall to me. And he divided unto them his living. Not many days after the younger son 
gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there are wasted his substance and right through. Now, you could do like you can even today, but back then, a person could ask for what he had, and he could give it to him. He made a settlement. But he lost that relationship with his father. But some people may choose to do that. Now, whether you realize it or not, this is teaching us that some people make the same mistake that this boy did, not loving God with all their heart, soul, and mind, and they go out and they love everything else besides what they're supposed to. Great commentary on that passage over there that we just read at the beginning. And when he had spent all, there rose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in woe. He just didn't love God with all his heart, soul, and mind. He loved material things. And how many have made the same mistake? So he joined himself then to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his field to eat swine, and he would have fain to fool his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's house have bread enough and to spare, and I perish here for hunger? Why? He didn't love his father. Equivalent to us not loving God. Well, he said, I'll rise, and I'll go to my father, and I'll say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. When? When you don't love and have a relationship with your father. That father was, was typical of God. It's a parallel. I know the word that be called your son and make me as one of thy hired servants. And he rose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great far off, his father saw him and had, laid, had, had a compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now, when we learn to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind... God already has loved us. It's impossible for him to lie. And he's there for us. He was there for this son. He was there all the time. Now, we're the loser when we don't love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Now, what is it to love him? It's not to spend your time and your money in worldly things and everything else except uh, what God would want you to. The son said unto uh, I mean, the son said unto his father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Now, the personal application is in your life. Have you loved God with all your heart, soul, and mind? It may not have been exactly in the same way this man does, but you know when you put God first, or when you put other things first. The father said to his servants, this is the greatest time when my people love me with all their heart and soul and mind and they just give me themselves. They don't have to. I, they're willing to be made a servant. But he said, this is the greatest thing. Now, this is, a, this is seeing the other side of when you love God with all your heart and soul to what length he'll go to. He said, you, you, you get the best robe. Now, you look at that, the best robe. And you put it on him, and, and, and you put a, a ring on his, fan, his hand, and that is that 
that he's a participant in, in, in his kingdom. He received his inheritance back. And you have shoes on his feet. You, you make a, a king out of him. And you just, let's have a great feast. You get the fatted calf and you kill him and, and you let us all eat and you let us be made, made merry. For this, my son, he was dead. But he's alive again. Now, when we don't love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, we're separated from him. You're the loser. You don't have to worry whether people will do the right thing and reach out and touch people's lives if they love God with all their heart, soul, and mind. All the problems will decrease. And joy and reaching out to people will increase. The thing we need is to, is to take this great message and be sure that we're loving God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. God said he was lost. But he was found when he came back and put the emphasis upon a relationship with his father. That's what it is to love him. And they began to make merry. Now here is another insight. The older son was in the field. And he came and drew nigh to the house. And he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. A sad picture of someone who's with God and doesn't love God. Doesn't agree with God. And doesn't know how to love his neighbor as himself. See, we're seeing the one who went out and, 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 and splurged and spent all of his money and his inheritance in, in ungodliness and in the depth of sin. But now we see a person staying close to God but not loving God. And when they don't love God, they don't love their neighbor. They hate them. This is a commentary on that passage. You know the reason why it's a commentary? It's because it's a parable showing how God loves and interacts with people. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come. He said, I don't know. You give account to me. God, you give an account to me. You think about somebody saying, God, give an account to me. Why? Well, I don't love my neighbor. I don't like the way you're treating my neighbor. Or he said, Thy brother has come, and thy father hath killed, that's what the servants tell him, thy father has killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. But here's a response of somebody who doesn't love God nor his neighbor. He was angry. He would not go in. Thy 
Therefore, he, his father came out and entreated him. Now, God goes out and he speaks to a person who doesn't love his neighbor. And he answering said to his father, I want to tell you, all these years I've searched you. I haven't sinned and I haven't done like this one here. At no time, at any time, thy commandment. Well, he just didn't understand the commandment. Because the second commandment, he, he did, he's ignoring. And when you ignore the second commandment, you don't keep the first one. You make it void. And yet thou gavest me a never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. He was with him. I ate their meals. They enjoyed being together. He was the loser because he didn't love God. He didn't love his father. But as soon as thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatty calf. All he was doing is pinpointing the good things that, or the things that the brother did. He probably wanted to do it, but he wouldn't do it because of his legalism. But nevertheless, he's criticizing God for forgiving and for receiving someone who loves him. If he didn't love him, he wouldn't come back. He was willing to come back and be a servant. See, he didn't understand loving his father. He was there and he kept all those things. But he's believing, he was living beneath the privileges of loving God and loving the neighbor. He said unto his son, Son, you're with me. You're with me. And if we're with God, we ought to love him. He ought to be very special to us because that's the first commandment to love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And everything God had is with us. We ought to enjoy it. He didn't. He allowed not loving his brother, his neighbor, to cause him to fall beneath the privileges of sonship. He said it's very appropriate. That word meat means very appropriate. It was very desirous that we should make merry. <clears throat> you know what? That's loving God. Go in your heart, soul, and mind. That's a great command. To be glad. For thy brother, for thy brother is alive. Is lost and is found. Now this is an open end parable. By open end, I mean he could have responded. He could have said, Father, I didn't I didn't understand it that way. Thank you for sharing it with me. Well, I love him. And let's all be together. I don't know if they did that or not. It's there. Or he can refuse it. And it's there for us to accept or to refuse. 
It's still the greatest commandment because Jesus said it was to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And the second is, is the great, is likened to it, love your neighbor, the neighbor's one near. This, in this case, his brother was his neighbor. And you got to love him just like you did yourself. So that's the definition, and that's my exegesis on this passage over in Matthew 22, beginning with 37. Trust that you, you've gotten a message here that will help you to live close to God this week as we stand together and sing.